Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, I'm so excited to come around the Word of God today. And I have, um, I have a feeling that today's Word is going to be practical, significant and really helpful for people. I'm really thinking um, particularly of those uh, people who are um, maybe the young professional A's, early married people. I'm just really believing that today, right across our church, but particularly for this young adult age group, that God would really speak to you today, um, something really special from His Word. So I can't help but you know, favouritise the young adults and young professionals. Um, it's just the one of the best ministries. I love being their pastor. Okay, um, I'm going to read you a couple of verses to get started, right? And uh, I've just noticed this theme. Actually, I noticed it <laughs> when I was really young, this theme in the book of John. And then we're going to explore an Old Testament story to sort of figure out um, it's an even deeper meaning of it. So why don't you have a read of these verses with me? I'm going to start with this one. John chapter 12, verse 45. Jesus says, the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. John chapter 5, verse 19, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees His Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. And Paul summarises it in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Well, today I'm going to pray and uh, I'm going to explore this theme of Jesus being the representation of God. If we want to see God, all we've got to do is look to Jesus. I want to explore this um, this idea today. I just got to let you know, um, I got this uh, message um, from my studies at Bible College and I'm feeling a little bit like a professor coming out with all of this stuff today. I'm just like, ooh, I got this from reading an academic journal. Okay. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank You for Your Word today. I thank You so much that You're going to speak to every single one of us. I thank You for every individual, for every family, for every mum and dad, for every person, God. You've got a Word. Jesus Christ, you got a Word for us. You never leave us high and dry, God. You speak to us. So I pray right now, let Your Word minister in Jesus' Name. Well, I'm going to take us to a, an Old Testament story. Now we're going to change tunes. We're going to go a fair way back in the Bible to the book of Judges. And in the, in the book of Judges, we see this cycle repeated time and time and time again. And I've chosen one of, one of the little stories basically because it's the shortest and we can read all of it in one sort of go really quickly um, to illustrate this cycle that the people of God go on. Check this out. Judges chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. It says this, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that He, told, so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan, king of to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, He raised up for them a deliverer. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came on him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Aram into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. 
So the land had peace for 40 years in, until Othniel died. So here we see this little story, but we see it happen many times over in the book of Judges. And the story goes like this, that the Israelites forgot God and started to sin. They got into trouble. They got into a, a mess. And so they call out to God for help. And God, because He's so good and because He's so gracious, saves them and He does it by raising up for them a deliverer, a judge, a leader who would lead them to military battle. And in this case, the name of the man was Othniel. The Spirit of the Lord came on him and he led the Israelites to military victory. And the land had peace for the whole time that Othniel was alive. The Israelites lived in the goodness of God. They lived under the ways of God. They followed God while Othniel was alive. But Othniel died. And when they lost the physical representation of God to them, they ended up forgetting God, sinning, getting in trouble, calling out to God for help, God answers them, raises up another deliverer. They live at peace until that deliverer dies. Then they forget God and they sin again and they get themselves into trouble. And this cycle, they find themselves in this perpetual cycle all because their deliverer constantly died. You know what? I feel like that this cycle this cycle that we see in the book of Judges, maybe we don't go through the same cycle anymore. Maybe it's not a cycle of sin. But there are a lot of people, I think, and I found myself in this same boat, maybe it is a cycle of fear. Maybe it is a cycle of anxiety. Maybe it is a cycle of stress or anger. Maybe it is a cycle of perpetual and, and you sort of can't overcome the sin problem. And in my life, if I look back at reflection, this is why it is. It's because I get myself into trouble and then I call out to God for help and He's so good that He rescues me. Every time I call out to Him, He rescues me and I'm like, man, this is amazing. So I live at peace. I mean, I get to live at peace. I'm just living my life. And you know what? I'm enjoying my life so much that I forget God. <laughs> I forget God who gave me the peace, who gave me the victory, who gave me um, deliverance from that which I needed deliverance for. And when I forget Him, eventually I fall back into the trap that I originally needed rescuing from. And I can find myself in this cycle of sometimes it's fear, some seasons it's insecurity, some seasons it's stress, some seasons it's anger and, and just um, a bad temper. I can find myself in this cycle. But do you know that for you and I, that is not how we're called to live. You and I are not called to live in this perpetual cycle of ups and downs and like we're living in a washing machine where it's turbulent all the time. That is not how we are called to live. In fact, God provided the answer for you and I. You know what? The people of Israel were caught in this cycle, but He was so committed to rescuing them so committed to rescuing you and I that He put an end to the cycle. Uh, the book of um, 
The book of Galatians says in chapter 3, it says um, at the right time in history, at the exact right moment, that God sent His Son to the earth, born of a woman under the law to redeem us, that we would be called sons and daughters. And Jesus Christ for you and I becomes what Othniel was for them. What Othniel was, the deliverer, the rescuer, the one who would lead them to freedom. Now Jesus is that for us. But here's the thing, Jesus lives again. He died, but only for three days to deal with the, 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 the price, to, to pay the price for our sins and mistakes. He dealt with our error, our sin, our wrong on the cross and He rose again. And today He lives as our very alive, very present, very involved Saviour that we wouldn't lose sight of our Saviour anymore. He lives again and we can keep following Him. Jesus has become for us the judge, the deliverer who never dies. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the cycle is broken. The part that put Israel back into that perpetual washing machine of pain and turbulence is broken if we fix our eyes on our Saviour who lives forever. I want to break this down for us into three points, if I can. The first one is this. We are wired to follow Jesus, not a mythical concept of God. We are wired to follow Jesus, not a mythical concept of God. Here's what I mean by this. If we lose sight of Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, if we lose sight of the red letters and how He lived and how He walked and how He talked and how He interacted and how He, he hung out with people and how He lived His life and what He does and His priorities, if we lose sight of the person of Jesus, we will inevitably be like the people in Judges and we will lose sight of God. As soon as they, how crazy is this? As soon as the physical representation of God to them passed away, they, all they had was the, 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 the broad concept of God again. And they eventually, you don't know where to go. Jesus for us is the Saviour who lives on, who is alive and present today. And we follow Him. We look to Him. We put our eyes on Him because we were wired to follow a person called Jesus, not just the mythical concept of a God. That's why He says, if we take it back to that first verse, John chapter 12, verse 45, he says, the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. If you want to see God, if you want to know what God says, Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like, Jesus. Look to Jesus. He's the one that breaks the cycle. The second point is this. Number two. Getting to know Jesus more is never a waste of time. 
Getting to know Jesus more is never a waste of time. You know, um, part of my journey of maturing in Christ is having to, to balance the tension. On one hand, I've got the tension of like the God who, is, who speaks to me. Like He's so present with me. It's, it's unbelievable how in my day-to-day, God speaks to me. I feel Him tug at my heart. I tell Him instructing me things. I tell Him when I'm walking one way, like, you know, metaphorically, like I'm choosing to go one direction. He says, no, 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 that's not the, He tugs at me and He says, that's not the direction I have for you. Your call is this way. And I follow Him. So on one hand, I've got the God who speaks to me now. It's unbelievable. It, when, when I have those moments of intimacy with God and the Holy Spirit, of where He speaks to me. Oh, I love these moments. But my maturing process has had to realise that though on one hand, I've got that experience of God's voice. On the other hand, I've got another experience of God's voice. And that is Jesus, or sorry, God rather, has already spoken. Yes, He tugs and speaks to me in my here and now. But the other side of the coin. The other, in the other hand, I've got to balance the tension of God has already spoken through Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 says this, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son. So though I love the feeling of God speaking, sometimes... I just need to get into my Word. I just need to flick to those Gospels and I need to get into the red letters whether I feel it or not. And, and I just got a word of encouragement. If you've got some spare time on your hands, if your kids are in bed and it's late at night and you're just up, can't get to sleep, or if you're a uni student right now, you're stuck in an empty dorm because everyone else has gone home for the lockdown, but you're in your, in your, um, in your uni accommodation um, and you've got some spare time by yourself, get into the red letters. Get into the, the Gospels and look at what Jesus said. Learn how He talks. Learn how He responds. I remember when I had the passing of a family member and I was, I was really, like, uh, you know, dealing with the grief of that. I turned to when Jesus lost his cousin, John, <laughs> and I dealt with my grief the way that he dealt with his grief because I'm just getting, getting to know Jesus more and more. And sometimes it doesn't, I don't necessarily have a feeling, but getting to know Jesus, getting to know the red letters, being, being captivated again, just zoning in my focus, back on the person of Jesus, whether I feel it or not, it is always a good decision. It is always a good decision. In fact, um, throughout, you know, um, my uh, adult life, um, at the various times I've gone to see a psychologist and he's a Christian. And it is so amazing the way he, he's a Christian psychologist, he counsels me from the Word. And he says, did he often say to me, did Jesus ever feel like that? Did Jesus ever go through something like that? How did he respond? And you know what it's taught me to do? (laughs) It's taught me to realise that the person of Jesus, getting to know him, how he operates, it's only ever good. (laughs) It's only ever amazing to get into the red letters. What did Jesus do? How did he walk? What did he say? How did he respond? Getting to know Jesus is never a waste of time. Finally, the third, the third thought 
as we explore Jesus, the perfect representation of the Father, the one that we follow, the judge, the deliverer who breaks the cycle for us permanently. The third thought is get good at fixing your eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Um, I'm going to read out um, a couple of suburbs. And if you live in these suburbs or you frequent these suburbs, you and I will experience like this high sense of solidarity right now. So I want you to just enjoy this moment. So if you live in the suburbs of Kernel, Green Hills Beach, Menai, Bardens Ridge or Loftus, you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Because of course, I am talking to all of the people who have spent dozens, maybe even hundreds of hours waiting behind an L-plated driver as they drive 30 kilometres under the speed limit. <laughs> I, I honestly, the best, no, I'm not going to say that, not the best part of moving out with um, my amazing wife, Alyssa, but I mean, high up there on the list is that I don't live in Kernel anymore and I don't have to spend hours of my day <laughs> waiting behind L-platers as they go so slowly towards a suburb that only has one lane in and one lane out for 10 kilometres. If you um, look at L-platers and they drive, I actually remember this experience from, my, um, from when I learnt to drive myself. And that is my, um, my driving instructor and then my mum always used to teach me to look like far down the road. Because if you look like right in front of the car, which is what uh, P-platers tend to do, <laughs> Um, you see them, this is how they drive. They drive like this. And that's because when you're looking right down at your situation, like right there in front of you, the road, you can't perceive, even though there are lines on the road, you can't perceive straight if you're looking right here. And for your relationship with Jesus, for my relationship with Jesus, as soon as we start looking down at the situation and not at our, our amazing forever living Saviour, Jesus Christ, as soon as we start looking down at, the, at the, um, the current situation or the current climate or the current chaos or whatever it is, we will veer off back into the cycle. As soon as we lose sight of the person of Jesus, we, we, I know this from experience, we go back into the stress cycle where we get so stressed that we end up saying really cruel things to our family. Then we go to God for forgiveness and then, and, then we, um, and then He saves us and we live at peace again and then we forget Him. As soon as we lose sight of Jesus, we go back into the fear cycle or the insecurity cycle or the sin cycle. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus and we consider Him, the Bible says that endurance comes from fixing our eyes on Jesus and considering Him. No matter how tempted we are to go back into that perpetual washing machine cycle that all of us are so happy to be free from. No, we live our lives outworking the promises of God, outworking that peace that transcends all understanding, outworking the supernatural love of Christ to our family, even in a stressful time at work when we fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one to three says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Throw off the cycle. Get rid of the stuff that we, that we so desperately wanna be free from. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him, fix your eyes on Him, think about Him, get to know Him, meditate on Him, consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Matthew chapter 14, the disciples are caught in yet another storm on the lake. They are being beaten and battered by the waves when all of a sudden they see Jesus walking to them on the water. Peter calls out to Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, call me out to the water. Peter ends up, with his eyes fixed on Jesus, ends up walking on top of the waves that once scared him, on top of the chaos that was beneath him. And he was walking towards Jesus supernaturally. But sooner or later, the waves caught his attention, taking his eyes off Jesus. He's looking at the chaos and he begins to sink. But Jesus reaches out his hand and pulls Peter back up. And today I just feel the Spirit of God as we close our service, saying, fix your eyes on me. Consider me, remember me, get to know me. Spend time with me, Jesus says. Don't take your eyes off me because He says your call horizon church is to live above the waves. Your call horizon church is to walk above the chaos. Not, there's, there's, there might not be an end to the chaos. It might still be a turbulent time in society, but your call horizon church, our call horizon church is to walk above to walk with our eyes fixed on Jesus, outworking the supernatural promises of God as we consider Him, love Him, think on Him. Let's pray, Father God, over every person, a part of this service right now, I declare Your power. I sense Your hand reaching down right now. I sense Your hand reach. Oh, I can sense it, God where they're caught in the chaos, they're caught in the turbulence, they're caught in the cycle. You are, oh, you're reaching and your hand of grace is right there. I declare over us this morning that though times may become more turbulent, less turbulent, no one knows. Whatever, whatever happens on the outside, Father God, I declare that as Horizon Church, we would walk above, that we would walk on top of that we would continue no matter the times as we fix our eyes on You, we would walk above circumstances in the supernatural promises that You have for us. God, I declare over Horizon Church this morning that we would have supernatural ability to fix our eyes on You, supernatural desire to get to know You more, supernatural reminders to remind us
to fix our eyes and consider Jesus and think on Jesus when we need to, God, that we would not get caught in the cycle. In Jesus' mighty Name, I declare this season, though turbulent, though a little bit chaotic, to be a season of victory for your church as we think on you. Well, right now, what I want to do is I actually want to invite anyone who's never made a decision to accept Jesus into their heart. I want to invite you to receive Him today. At one time, all of us have done this, made a conscious decision that I am saying goodbye to the old life and I am starting a new chapter from this moment on of faith in Jesus Christ. None of us, and and this includes you today, none of us have it perfect when we give our lives to Jesus. If you wait for perfection, if you wait to walk above the waves, but you don't even know Jesus, it's not going to happen. He does not require you to be perfect. He does not require you to have it all together. He does not require you to be supernatural. No, He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what's going, what you're going through. He knows exactly what is going on in your life. And His hand is reaching out to you today. And He says, if you put your faith in me, if you put your trust in me, if you begin to bind your life, to learn how to live your life under the unforced, unburdensome rhythms of grace that Jesus has for you, if you learn to live with a faith in Jesus Christ, He says, I'll transform your world. I'll transform your heart. I will heal every broken bit. I will deal with every messy bit. Right now, I know that there are people when you need to accept Jesus into your heart, I want you to be brave today. Right wherever you are, in a lounge room, in a lunch room, wherever you find yourself today, be brave. Close your eyes. Open up your heart to Christ. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Say this after me, dear Jesus, I come to you right now. I open up my heart to you and I receive you in. I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the perfect representation of the Father. I put my trust in you. I receive the forgiveness of my sins. And I receive new life today in my relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.